Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the show Three Rounds. I'm your host, Nolan Ezit, alongside co-hosts Kyle Frankel and Logan Drone. And today we've got a really, really great episode prepared for you guys. We're going to be talking about three main things today. First, we're going to kick off with a very timely, timely debate, Patrick Mahomes and, and where he ranks all time, discussing how the start of his career compares to, to some other greats. Then we're going to move into some hoops. We're going to start with some college basketball talking about maybe the top five or ten teams, who we think are up there, and are there even any clear top teams this year. Then we're going to move into some some professional basketball. NBA, talking about playoff predictions. We're now in the second half of the NBA season, and, and we think that's a pretty important issue to be talking about. What are your thoughts on Mahomes after watching that Super Bowl? Uh, my thoughts are that he is the greatest player alive right now. He's not anywhere close to Tom Brady yet, and I don't want that to get misconstrued at all, but... If there's anybody in human history or anybody alive that has a chance to take down Brady or come close to Brady or or surpass him, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's got a legit shot. He's never started a season and not made the AFC Championship, which to me is just insane. And especially this year, his entire team is changing new receiving corps. Tyreek Hill's gone, and people don't know how that's going to affect the team, and I mean, he's just a stud. And yes, it's all situational, and he's got a great head coach beside him and probably the greatest tight end to ever live beside him. But so did Brady. So do all the, all, all the all-time greats. Jordan had Pippen. Everybody needs those other guys, and everybody needs to be in the right situation. And uh, I've seen people using that as a knock on him, and I don't know how you can knock him at all for what he's done in the first five seasons of his career. Five AFC championships, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, and especially this last Super Bowl on that ankle, which, you know, I don't know what they did to him at halftime, but gutsy performance in that second half. Legendary. Yeah, Kyle, I, I do completely agree with you there. I, I think so far in Mahomes' first six seasons, granted one of them he, he sat behind Alex Smith, his first five seasons making five AFC championships is completely unheard of. Uh, we didn't see it with Brady, uh, and I, I don't think we've seen it with anyone else. So the fact that he's doing this all just to start off his career – I think he's only going to get better. I, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he's the best player in football currently. And I think he will be for the next five, maybe even 10 years down the road. Uh, the guy already has two regular season MVPs on top of his two Super Bowl MVPs. And he has an offensive player of the year already in his first five five seasons. So that right there just shows you how dominant he is on the offensive side of the football. Now, with that being said, I do think it's it's going to be a great debate down the road um, when we talk about Brady and Mahomes, just because Brady did beat Mahomes in the one Super Bowl that they did play against each other. So Brady's always going to have that. Uh, so no matter how many Super Bowls Mahomes will win down the road, if he stays at two where he's at now, if he gets up to maybe even six or seven, like Brady's level, he's always going to have that one Super Bowl loss to Brady. And I think that's always going to hurt him in the debate of greatest of all time. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. He is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best player on the planet, uh, definitely at the quarterback position. And, and even when you get to other positions, I really don't know if there's anyone who dominates his position as much as Patrick Mahomes dominates the quarterback position. Um, and you look at his stats, and I mean, he's incredible. He, he has two seasons already with over 5,000 yards. He had 50 touchdowns in what was essentially his first season, not his rookie season, but, but his first season actually really starting. This dude is incredible. He has two Super Bowls um, at such a young age. I mean, there's other greats like Drew Brees, like Aaron Rodgers, who who aren't at his level. And he has more accomplishments in just a few years. 
And you know, you can always talk about the ring debate and how how it's how it's a little flawed. You have Brady with all those rings and and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers sitting down there, and you can make the argument that Brady is not so much better than those other greats, even though the ring debate would suggest that he is. And so people might use that knock against Patrick Mahomes and be like, the the ring debate just simply isn't that valid. And I think you just need some context with the ring debate. I mean, you could, you have people that might be able to use the ring debate to say that Eli Manning is better than Drew Brees because of the rings. But no, there, there's a simple explanation, right? You can look at the teams. You can tell that Brees was dominant and a top five quarterback for almost every season of his career. Eli Manning simply wasn't. You can look at Joe Flacco and talk about his ring and how that means that he's as good as Drew Brees. No, almost anyone would disagree with that. You can use some some simple logic and some simple reasoning to dispute that. I would be hard-pressed to find some evidence that would prove that Patrick Mahomes is, and that his rings are so invalid compared to others. I, I really don't think that you can find that. So when we're talking about guys, you know, greats who played in the same decade as Patrick Mahomes, um, people like... People like Aaron Rodgers, people like Drew Brees, people like Peyton Manning. When Patrick Mahomes is, I don't want to say guaranteed, but most people would agree that he's going to to finish with more rings than Peyton Manning, who has the same amount. He has two. And he has already passed guys like Drew Brees. It's really tough to say that Patrick Mahomes isn't better. You can't really dispute his rings. I think he already is better. I, I think he's already the other than Brady and maybe Montana, he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived uh, already uh, uh, on the planet. I don't think you can make the argument. And uh, if you're going to say legacy, like, yeah, Payne Manning's going to have more stats. Drew Brees is going to have more stats. But they got the same amount of Super Bowls. If not, Patrick Holmes has more Super Bowls than all those other guys. You'll get the major career accolades. He's already accomplished everything that a player essentially wants to accomplish in his career. And he's done a bunch of them twice. Like, He's already achieved the pinnacle of the sport. He is the pinnacle of the sport. And for the next, like, 10, 15 seasons, we're all going to be sitting here, and, and every year we're going to have, like, going into this season, I think there was a big, you know, Josh Allen. Like, this is the year of Josh Allen. This is when he finally really comes into his own. The Bills come into full form. Like, they run the AFC this year. They go to the Super Bowl. And what happened? Patrick Holmes is the best quarterback on the planet. We got into the playoffs. Joe Burrow, Burrowhead, they own the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. Like, the next 10 years, we're always going to have these other guys that people are going to try to push agendas on and say that they're overtaking Mahomes. As long as Mahomes is in the league, he is the best quarterback on the planet. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, and he will be until he either retires or, you know, hits sort of like a, a Brady decline in, in, in a final season. But I don't know how you can make a debate that, He's not the best player in the world right now, and for me, at least their best all time. Yeah, and I I agree. I think like a lot of people really value legacy nowadays. You know, career stats, all of these accomplishments, and while legacy obviously plays a big role for quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, right, even Eli Manning, those guys. For someone like Pat Mahomes, just seeing how dominant he is so early on in his career, not only is it in the playoffs, but it's also in the regular season too. Like the Chiefs are, are always the one, two, or three seed. I think he's, I think he's had home field advantage through the AFC playoffs four of his three, at least at the very least three of his first five years, probably four. So just that dominance in the regular season, carrying it through the playoffs, and obviously coming away so far, he's two and one in Super Bowls. Like, if he can replicate this success and continue it going forward, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be the greatest of all time. And I do think he's, with his accomplishments already, he's 
top five, top ten, maybe even top five, and he's played five full seasons. Like if he plays anywhere near Brady's twenty plus seasons, right? We're we're only in for the beginning of Mahomes. Like he's he's got all of this that he's he could still do. It's we're, it's gonna be a treat for us to watch him. I think. Yeah, I mean, look, Kyle and Logan, I I completely agree with most of what you're saying. Uh, I know Kyle, you talked about that whole thing about. Josh Allen and how it was supposed to be the Josh Allen season it's supposed to be the Josh Allen season it's supposed to be the Joe Burrow season um, there's been some seasons where it was supposed to be the Lamar season especially you know after his after his MVP season um, a lot of people thought he was gonna gonna take the Ravens to the Super Bowl all that stuff never happened it's always been Patrick Mahomes or you know there, were, there was a Brady season but Brady's up there in the Degoat bait most people think he is the goat um, but all these other guys it's always Patrick Mahomes beating them out and I think that's what makes someone great instead of good it's that they are consistently in that debate and really consistently end up winning that debate whereas good players make a few appearances in that debate after they've had a good season what i do have to disagree with you guys on is the impact of legacy i do think that you need to have a a, a strong or what what um what i think contributes to a strong legacy is yes stats and its accolades which patrick mahomes absolutely if he retired today i mean he's ahead of drew Brees in super bowl rings there's a lot of greats that he already has more accolades than, even though he's only played a few seasons. But I do think longevity absolutely matters. Obviously, when you're talking about guys like Brady and Montana, who really, if anything, have more accolades than Patrick Mahomes, it might be tough to say that Patrick Mahomes is better than them. But once you move down to other guys like Breeze and Rogers, you can get to Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, um, old greats like that. Patrick Mahomes was, I think, definitely better in his first five seasons but I do also think that you kind of want to see a quarterback. If you're going to put him in your top five all time, you want to see him do great things for more than a decade. Yeah, and well, you absolutely do. And I think, you know, longevity is the only question I think there's going to be between him and Montana and Brady. But looking at those other guys, like who would I rather have Peyton Manning for, you know, 15, 20 seasons or Patrick Mahomes for five seasons? As it stands right now, I'd probably take Patrick Mahomes for five seasons. Like, looking at what he's done, the longevity absolutely plays a role in the all-time debate. But if you were saying, like, yes, guys need to do great things for their entire careers, but Patrick Mahomes already has done those things. And if you're going to stack up the longevity, like, I'd rather take these five seasons of Patrick Mahomes against 95, 90, whatever percent of the quarterbacks that have played football for their entire careers. Like I, I'd almost, I think I'd rather have him than a full career of Peyton Manning, which I sounds crazy to say, like, it sounds crazy in my mind when I'm thinking about it, but I, I think I'd rather just have five years of Patrick Mahomes and just like, let's go for it. I think that's a great question, whether or not you'd rather want to have five years of Mahomes or 15 years of someone like Manning or Breeze. And I just think just with the pure sheer dominance that Mahomes brings to the table when he's on your team every single game you go and you know you're going to be the favorite and you know that you're the team that has to has to make the mistakes to lose that football game so I think just having Mahomes on your team is you automatically have that x factor no matter what other team you play against and I I think I would I agree with you Kyle I think I would take him over having 15 years of Peyton Manning with the potential of getting one maybe two rings knowing that I could get one definitely, maybe two with Mahomes. I, I'll, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, again, I think that's a great question to be asking. I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about a contemporary quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and stacking him up against someone who retired, that is the question that you need to be asking. If you're talking about where he stands right now when he's only played a few seasons, that is the proper question. And now that I think about it, you, you know, before coming into this episode, 
I would have definitely said I'd, I'd take a full season of Pey- or a full career of Peyton Manning. He's played so many seasons, and yes, Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I think these past few seasons of Patrick Mahomes is better than any collective amount of seasons that you could that you could put together with Peyton Manning if you limited it to only five seasons. But when you're talking about a full career, that is a really tough thing to say. I don't know if I could say that I'd rather have just five seasons of Patrick Mahomes. And I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use this as a knock against Patrick Mahomes, but I do think, especially before this season, the roster was perfectly constructed for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that Peyton Manning has had rosters constructed to fit his needs and his skill set as well as Patrick Mahomes has had. So if I'm just rebuilding a brand new team and I don't necessarily know that I have a guy like Tyreek Hill on my team, I might just play it safe and say, I'll take 15 years of Peyton Manning. But then again, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, I think, was more dominant than than Peyton Manning. And so it even is tough for me to say that I'd rather have 15 seasons of Peyton Manning because I know that there's five seasons of Patrick Mahomes that's better than any five seasons of Peyton Manning. So it is a tough question. Yeah, no, and well, it, I think, you know, that uh, Broncos team was pretty well constructed for Peyton Manning when his arm was falling off, but uh, let's let's move on to our next topic. Uh, there's only only so much GOAT debate I think we can go into before we'll start throwing punches, so let's move on and talk about some NBA. Just saw the All-Star break, uh, just saw whatever you want to call the All-Star game, you know, I, I know there's been some different names floating around on the internet, um, but... In the home stretch of the season now, All-Star break obviously now is sort of, you know, that break between the third and fourth quarter, I'd say, of the season rather than the halfway point. So a little over 20 games left. Things picked back up today. Getting into that playoff push, and the West especially is very, very congested. There's a lot of teams that could have a lot of movement before the playoffs. So what are you guys thinking for playoffs? Just general playoff predictions. Who do you have going far? Who do you think's not making it in? Who do you think's kind of maybe might jump up from that playing tier or maybe completely out of it tier and can steal a spot in these last few weeks? Yeah, I'll start. I think um, this is kind of a common common theme, but I, I think the Celtics are definitely the team to beat this year in the NBA. Um, but with that being said, I, I do think that the, t- the top of the NBA is definitely pretty congested, but I just think... The, the dominance of the Celtics on both ends of the floor with their offense and defense, I think just sets them apart. Uh, I do think other teams like the Bucks can definitely compete with them, but I, I think just out of pure NBA, I want to say that the Celtics are the team to beat going into the playoffs. Now, with that being said, I think the Western Conference is kind of up for grabs. I think that any team kind of out of the top eight, top ten could come away with it. Um I, I really don't have my eyes set on any team in particular. I, I love the move that the Suns made, made to get KD. I think KD will make a, a huge impact on that team, a team that was struggling early on to begin with. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see. We'll, we'll see what's going on. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you said about the Western Conference. The Western Conference is totally up for grabs right now. And I'm a Clippers fan. And if we look at where the Clippers stand right now, we're the fourth seed. We're nine games behind first. If you move down to the 12 seed, it's the Blazers. They're 12 and a half games behind. So you're telling me we lose four games in a row and all of a sudden we might be out of the playoffs? I mean, that that's crazy. The Western Conference is so up for grabs. But at the end of the day, the Western Conference is up for grabs in terms of who's getting that four, five, six, seven, eight seed. Who's getting the one seed? It looks like it's almost certainly Denver. And you could say that Denver is the team to beat in the West because of that. But after Katie going to the Suns, I mean, that is... 
that is that is a blockbuster trade. That is an incredible addition that the Suns have. And quite honestly, I'm going to take the Suns in the Western Conference. For me, it's really just between the Suns and the Nuggets. The Suns have such an incredible roster. And the Nuggets, simply put, are five games in first. Uh, that, that's an incredible margin that they've, that they've created. The reason why I take the Suns, though, is just because the Nuggets have had their best player, Jokic, for so long. And what have they really done? I mean, this, I think, is their best season. But at the end of the day, if they've had so long to do something with Jokic and they haven't yet, I don't know if this is necessarily their season. When you've got a team like the Suns that are, I'm going to say it, they're a super team. I really do think they're a super team. And then you move to the East. And and again, I agree, the Celtics are the team to beat. They're in first right now. And after a season like last, you really can't say that another team is the team to beat. But I do think the Bucks absolutely have a good chance after what they've done previously. They still have uh, they still have Giannis, and honestly, the Sixers. I even might put in that in that debate. The Sixers have experience, and they are a very good team, especially at home. But again, I do think it's the Celtics and the Suns to beat. That's what my championship prediction would be, and I think I would take the Celtics just because they have that experience last season, going really far, almost taking it all, and they are they are the most well-rounded team I've honestly seen in a while. They're so good on offense, so good on defense, such a well-disciplined team. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the Celtics are a clear one, and, I, like, they don't have any faults, really. Like, you can't – there's nothing in their roster and in their team that you can really poke holes in. But I want to go back to the West, and I do agree that, you know, Denver right now is the, the cream of the crop over there, and obviously KD makes the Suns an instant title contender – but everyone's probably going to cringe when I say this, but I, I still, like, I can't count out the Lakers. Like, I I didn't, I did it last year, and it worked, like, horribly, but, like, I just, I'll go to, like, I will die on this on this hill, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Like, I, as long as LeBron is in the NBA, he's producing at the level that he is, and he's got, like, at least another star around him, there's just nothing, like, in my brain that I can do to make myself not be like, oh, that guy, that guy could win a championship. Like, he, he's one of the greatest players ever. Like, I just, and I watch the games, and I see it on the court, and it's, I'm watching the games, and, and I don't know what's going on. And it feels like they should be better. And I know we're so late in the season that if they haven't figured it out, they're probably not going to figure it out. But, like, I still kind of think they will. Like, I just, I do, be, like, I just really believe that LeBron, especially after what happened last year, he's going to be pissed off. Like, they need to get in the playoffs, but all they need to do is get in. Like, once they're in, I could, like, once they're in, I don't think it's crazy to say that they make a run to the finals at all. And obviously, there's a lot of ifs there. Like, Anthony Davis has to has to stay healthy, which is probably, like, the biggest if of the last 10 years. Um, and especially for him, like, dude's been injured the entirety of since the championship run like I can't remember the last time he was consistently healthy for an entire season or at least for you know without missing significant time but like if he can find a way to stay healthy if LeBron can produce at a high level I really like the moves they made at the deadline I like the offloading of Westbrook and the addition of some nice shooting and playmaking like I I like the the move they made to get Mobamba I I like what the team did at the deadline I think they made it clear that like Obviously, when you have LeBron, you're going for the championship, and they made it clear that they are. It pains me to say, and, like, I know I'm going to be disappointed. I know they're probably going to get knocked out in, like, the play-in best-case scenario, and I'm going to feel like an idiot, but I will also feel – I'll feel like more of an idiot if I 
doubt them and they go all the way to the finals. So like I have to die on the Lakers hill, die on the LeBron hill and I I do I think they're going to go far. I don't think they're going to make the finals, but I think they go I think they go Western Conference finals. That I'll I'll put that out there. Well, lucky for you if if you really think the only thing they need to do is make it. They're only 3 games out because of the competitive Western Conference. So We'll see where that goes, but I do want to transition into staying with the with the basketball theme, but maybe moving it a step down, talking about some college hoops. Right now, we're we're pretty far into the season. We're approaching March. We're approaching that big tournament. What are your guys' thoughts on the top teams? Do you think there are any clear cut top teams? Because personally, I don't I don't know if I could pinpoint one specific team that I think has has amazing chances of going all the way in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, like this is a really unique year because there isn't that like elite tier like usually in college basketball you have two to four teams going into March Madness where everyone's pretty much like in a consensus consensus agreement that like these teams are head and shoulders above everybody else and a few of them will probably get upset but they're basically locks to make the elite eight we'll see at least half of them in the final four like one of them's probably winning the championship and we don't have that last year this year which I think makes it really fun um if you're looking for a number one team, in my opinion, it's Houston. I think Houston's been the most consistent all year, but even they're vulnerable. Like that loss to Temple exposed a lot of holes in the Houston team, and like they're a really good defensive team. And, like looking at Kempom, they have you know a top six uh, adjusted offense and defensive efficiency rating in the entire country, but they don't play fast. So like if you look at the loss to Temple, they're a team where they're up you know, seven or eight the entire game, and they're never going to – they don't, like, run away with the game super fast and go on a, a 20-0 and run. And you look at that game, they're up the whole time, and you feel like they're dominating, you feel like they're in control. Get to the end, a couple shots fall the other way, and all of a sudden they lost, and you're like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, they're not as invincible as they kind of make it seem and as the stats would suggest. And so, like, even the top team is very vulnerable. Um, but – I'd also put UCLA in that top tier. Obviously, they've been in the top tier all all along, but I think they go on a really far tournament run this year. I think they go back to the Final Four like they did a couple seasons ago. Um, and they're one of my top picks, I think, to win the championship. Just a very well-rounded team, good offense, really good defense, and they have that senior experience uh, with, with Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell, who were on that team that made that Final Four run. And that's something that, you know, in March Madness, especially in college sports, as opposed to people always talk about experience in like the NFL and the NBA, but in college, especially in, in the NCAA tournament is like its own beast more than anything else that having that experience is really helpful. And you consistently see teams that have, you know, four or five seniors who've all been to the tournament before, and they might not be the most talented teams, but like they make far runs because they just know what they're getting into. They know what to expect. Um, and so those are my two top teams, I think, in the entire country in the field. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the Houston standpoint. I, I think if there is a team that you want to say is the top team in college basketball, I think it would be Houston. But with that being said, I think this year's college basketball season is unlike any other. I genuinely think we're going to see some teams come out of nowhere in March. Teams that, like some teams that we have not even expected. They're going to make some runs to the Elite Eight, some runs to the Sweet 16. Um, 
and I, I think it's very unique too. Like we don't see many of the big blue bloods either, like Duke, Kentucky, UNC. None of those teams are at the top of college basketball this year. And in years past, you always see one of those teams kind of always dominating the college basketball world. So I, I'm very excited to see what this college basketball season, the, the finale of it will bring and what March will bring. But with that being said, I definitely think Houston is – if there is a team that would be the favorite, I think it would be Houston right now, just because of the way that they play on both sides of the ball, on offense and on defense. They have a stifling defense, uh, and I, I definitely think that they can make a, a pretty deep run come March. But I do think that what, what it's going to come down to is whichever team gets hot at the right time. And I know we say that every single year. But we saw it last year with Virginia Tech. It, they came out of nowhere in the ACC tournament, won the ACC tournament, made a little bit of a run in March. I think a team like that is going to come out of nowhere and make a deep run in March. I, With that being said, I don't know which team that will be, but I definitely would not be surprised if some four or five seed in the, in the ACC, SEC, Pac-12 tournament comes out of nowhere, wins the tournament, and goes on and makes a big run in March. Yeah, I mean, look, like like you guys were saying, this is a crazy season, and I feel like we kind of say that every season, but I really do mean it this season. When you've got a team like Alabama that was number one, now they're number two. They dropped uh, in Houston, went up to number one. You've got them at number two and Texas at eight. I mean, that, that that's football. That's not basketball, right? Um, but we have that this season, and and it's made it really, really interesting. But honestly... I think Houston has appeared to be the most dominant team, but I still might say that Kansas is the best team. Even though they have five losses compared to Houston's two, I feel like we've seen it too much with teams, to be honest, like Gonzaga, which, you know, want to throw that out there. Gonzaga right now is 12. Can't remember in a long time that that's been the case. But anyway, Gonzaga plays in a not-so-great conference, and they usually have one, two, or three losses. That's kind of the case for Houston this season, I think. I think they're built to be a team that will absolutely kill a mediocre opponent, but I do think they will struggle when they get to March and they have to face some top teams. I think Alabama is a very good team, but I think they are kind of constructed in the same way. I think they absolutely can drop 100 on mediocre SEC opponents like they have, but I don't know what's going to happen when they get to playing tournament teams. When you talk about Kansas, I don't think they've appeared to be as dominant as those other teams. They have more losses than all of them. Uh, they have more losses than the current AP 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, and 7 teams. They have the most of any of them, and they're ranked 3. But at the end of the day, it's Kansas. They have the name. They have the management. They're, they're Kansas. And at the end of the day, I, I really do think that they've been the best so far. And when you talk about tournament teams, at the end of the day, being a blue blood does help because you have that management. You have that elite coaching that I think other teams don't have. But like you were saying... UCLA, they have experience, and I think that is dangerous in the tournament. I don't think UCLA's uh, been a top three team in the regular season. I think once you get to the tournament, considering they they went far a few seasons ago and they still have maintained that core, that is so, so valuable. You talk about a few seasons ago when Duke had Zion. That, that was one of the best college teams I've ever seen in the regular season. They lost to Michigan State because Michigan State had so much more experience. These one-and-dones, as great as they are, and they'll be better than any other senior that's still in college right now. They'll, they'll be better. They're going to be in the NBA in a season. I don't know if, they, if, if they've developed this, the, the mental skills yet to produce in March as much as a senior at UCLA might. So I think UCLA is going to be dangerous in the tournament. I think Kansas is going to be dangerous in the tournament. But I think there's going to be a few Cinderella's because when you talk about some teams that are, that are in the top 25 right now, 
teams that are going to be a four or a five seed in March. I think some of these teams are not that good. I think they're overrated. I think they're inexperienced. And I think a, a 12, a 13 seed could take them down. Yeah, I, I, I do disagree with you on the Alabama point, though, I, I would say. Um, whereas Houston, I think uh, they don't play – the SEC is a really good conference. Like, Houston does not play in as good a basketball conference. but And also, I think Houston's play style, as we discussed, is like it's more volatile in the sense that if – if they get you to play their game, you're not beating them at playing a slow sort of ground and pound, grit and grind sort of game. But if shots don't fall for them, like they can lose absolutely any game they play in. With Alabama, they've got one of the best offenses in the country. They've got one of the best defenses in the country, like top 10 net rating in defense. And they also play at extremely fast pace. Like they are one of the fastest teams in the country in terms of tempo up and down the court. And I think in March Madness, like, it's dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Like, they play a high-risk, high-reward sort of style of basketball because if you're going to run up and down the court like that, like, you got to hit your shots. you got to make your well, you got to make your shots, and it can get away from you fast, but they're a team that can run away from you fast too. And if they're playing a team like Houston or somebody else, like, they're a team where they can go, they can go on a 20-0 run at any point in the game. And in March Madness, like, that's a killer. Like, I, I just think Alabama's a team more than anybody that's capable of giving that kill shot at any time. And I, I do think they're going to go far. Even with all the controversy they've had this season, I think they've handled it well, show they can handle it. And uh, I think they're a team that to watch out for going, going far in the tournament. Yeah, and I think experience plays a, a huge role, especially coming March. And one team I, I just want to highlight real quick that has this experience that I think can make a deep run is, is Creighton, actually. They started off the season very, very slow, and very. they had some key losses early on, but they've really picked it up. They're now in top 20 uh, in the AP poll, and they've got the experience that they need to make a deep run. Yeah, those, those are great opinions, guys. Uh, I, agree with, I agree with you on Houston. Alabama, I still think we really could see an upset, but we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, they are in the SEC, and the SEC is Power 5. I just don't think they, they even compare to, the, to something like the Big 12. I think there's some pretty bad opponents in the SEC. But there still are some great opponents in, in the SEC as well. So we'll see what happens. We're only a few weeks away. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in to three rounds. Uh, my name is Nolan Ezit, and I was hosted alongside with Kyle Frankel and Logan Drone. And we hope to see you next time. <laughs>